our family. Lord, we thank you for um, the maturing process that you bring each of us on on our journey to your threshing floor. Lord, we pray that we would consistently be submitting ourselves to your word. Lord, that as we do this, that we'd be more diligent in it. Lord, that we would seek you, that we would add to our faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are ours and abound, we know that we will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of you. But Lord, we also know that if we lack these things, if we are short-sighted even to blindness, and I've forgotten that we were cleansed from our old sins. So this morning we ask that we may be even more diligent to make our call and election sure. For if we do these things, we will never stumble for so our entrance will be supplied to us abundantly into your everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So we'll start in Matthew 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of the Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name. And then I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. We've been seeing over the last few weeks the importance of each of us doing the will of the Father in our everyday life. We now know that for us to be living his will out in our lives, our continual 24-hour period of time, it isn't enough just to be hearing the word of truth alone. There must be action on our part because of what the word says We must make sure we are a doer of the word, not merely a hearer. As we contemplate this scripture, and specifically verse 25, we can understand it in two ways, with a present and future aspect. Matthew 7, 25, And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Firstly, in this present sense, we can see that the, rain, the rains, floods, and the winds that blew and beat on the house as a metaphor for the temptations, trials, tribulations, and daily struggles that we experience on this earth during our pilgrim journey. If we are hearing the word of truth correctly, rightly dividing it, and if we are rightly applying it, actually doing it, in our lives, then we're being wise. Then when these temptations, trials, tribulations, and daily struggles come our way, our safety and protection will come from being firmly planted on the rock, which is Christ. We will not fall nor lose heart, but faithfully persevere instead. Consequently, we would be walking in the Spirit, our second birth, 
And there is no other outcome than this. We will find great spiritual protection in living our lives this way. Secondly, in the future sense, this is picturing the outcome at Christ's threshing floor. The rains, floodwaters, winds are pictures of judgment. If we have heard the word of truth correctly, if we have rightly applied it to our lives during this time on the earth, our outcome at Christ's judgment seat will be the same as Ruth when she appeared before Boaz on his threshing floor. We will stand firm as an overcomer, and our inheritance will be redeemed in exactly the same manner in a marriage relationship. Revelations 2.26, And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I'll give power over the nations. We also saw that Ruth had choices on her journey. Just like each of us have choices on our own, Ruth faithfully followed her mother-in-law's instructions. Ruth's actions provide a model for the believing believer of how to follow Naomi, not just to Bethlehem, the house of bread, but also on all the way through to Boaz's threshing floor. Her decision to seek out Naomi's permission to glean heads of grain after him in whose sight she may find favor is foundational for each of us to follow. We must have the same desire she had, the same drive. We must be the ones to initiate the work in the correct field, to seek permission, to willingly be in submission to the authority of the scriptures so that we are 100% certain in which field we find ourselves working in. When we do this, when we believe that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, and we act due to our belief, our faith, then and only then will we be living out God's will in our lives. Hebrews 6.1, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptism, of laying on the hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Down to verse 9. But, beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. Though we speak in this manner, for God is not unjust to forgive your work, or to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you should show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. We must decide to choose this path, and in conjunction with this, the other choice we must make is to be a doer not just a hearer only. Let's keep reading on in Matthew, Matthew seven twenty six. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. We saw that the man in this passage is eternally saved individual 
who has heard the word of God, the word of the kingdom, and is maybe even extremely well-versed in it. But this man made the decision to not be a doer of it. This could have been a willing turning away, or maybe a slow drifting, or even out of ignorance by not knowing and not caring to know, but it doesn't matter as the outcome is still the same. This person is a foolish man who built his house on the sand. There is no spiritual protection from the rains, floods, and wind, and when the house falls, great will be its fall. There is no positive outcome at Christ's judgment seat for this individual. No marriage, no inheritance being redeemed, only loss. We see the, these two choices laid out very clearly in 1 Corinthians 3.10. According to the grace of God which is given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss but he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. We cannot separate being a hearer and a doer of the word from the will of the Lord. If we try to separate something that is biblically impossible, then the only outcome will be, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Or, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. But the encouraging thing is this, we know the truth. We understand what is required of us, and now we just need to make the choice to submit ourselves continually and willingly to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And if we choose to submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit through his word, if if it will drive us to action of faithful obedience because of it. This battle for our soul between our sin nature, our flesh, our first birth, and our spirit, our second birth, that which is born from above, is ever-present as we seek the Lord's will in our lives and strive to walk wisely in it. Satan is still the ruler over the earth. He is still there to deceive and destroy. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Even now, Satan continues to ask us the question, did God indeed say? Accompanied by the statement, you will not surely die, causing doubt and luring us to turn away, to believe the lie for the purpose of preventing us from fulfilling our created purpose of replacing him as ruler over this earth with a man and a woman in a marriage relationship. We cannot, we must not believe the lie. Which is exactly why every Christian must know how to rightly divide the word of truth. We must know that what God did indeed say, and it must drive us to action We must receive the child training of the Lord through the word. 
We must allow it to correct us. We must, by faith, do what it says, knowing that he means exactly what he says. 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Hopefully we've begun to understand more fully the importance of rightly dividing the word of truth, the word of the kingdom. Of course, there's no other way to hear God's word correctly other than by rightly dividing it. And if we are hearing God's word correctly, then we'll be able to make the transition from being a hearer of the word to an effectual doer, a doer in the correct biblical sense. Rightly dividing is a phrase that means to cut straight, to proceed on straight paths, hold a straight course, to handle aright, to teach the truth directly and correctly. We are to be diligent to present ourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed because, uh, for we are holding a straight course. We are handling the word of God correctly, allowing it to correct our thoughts and actions, and thus we are living according to it. In doing this, we are not ashamed presently because just like what we saw in Ruth, we can only find ourselves working in the correct field, and then because of our current actions in the future, we will not be ashamed at the threshing floor, the judgment seat of Christ, because we have done his will. I think we can all agree on the importance of rightly dividing the word of truth, but the question that comes to mind next is, do we know how to do this on our own? In the quietness of our own homes, with our Bible and the Holy Spirit guiding and directing, do we know how to study? Not just read the Bible from cover to cover in a year, but sit down, dig into the Word, and study it. We have heard the verse, verses from Isaiah 28, 9, whom will he teach knowledge, and whom will he make to understand the message? Those just weaned from milk, those just drawn from the breasts, for pre precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Second Timothy 3.16, all scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. How serious are we in our own personal study? Do we make this a priority, or does it fit into our day when it's convenient? Do we answer our weekly study questions and then not think any more deeply about what we've learned throughout the rest of the week? This verse has challenged me in my journey to Christ's threshing floor. Hebrews 5.12, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full age. That is, those who have by reason, been, uh, reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. By reason of use, it's denoting that we're in the word studying it. By this time, you ought to be teachers. This is convicting to me. 
I have been a part of this church for 16 years now. I should be at a level of maturity on my own journey and my own spiritual understanding to be able to teach. It may not be required of every man to teach on a Sunday morning, but all of us should be able to teach in whatever opportunity the Lord brings our way. In fact, I've gained greater appreciation and understanding of the difficulties and the toil and laboring that John goes through each week for all of us. If you aren't praying for him regularly, then it's a good time to start doing that. But our goal is to be able to teach, to understand the word of truth well enough so that we can be ready in season and out of season, to be able to eat solid food because we, had a, we have had our senses exercised to discern both good and evil, what is from above and what is earthly. The question I've asked myself is this, am I at a place where I can teach God's word correctly? Can I explain it? Can I put together something so that I can teach an individual, a group, or maybe even a Sunday morning message? If I couldn't, why not? How could this be assessed in any other way than actually trying to teach? I encourage you to think through this as well. Could you teach God's word correctly? Could you put together something and teach it to an individual or a group? If not, Perhaps we should challenge ourselves with the question, why not? Just like Ruth, we need to make the first move. We need to desire the approval of our mother-in-law and do it. Whatever the first move needs to be, today is a new day, a new 24-hour period of time. How are we working with the talents our master has given us? What field are our eyes continually set on? Where are our desires, affections, attentions, and energy directed towards? If we are unsure how to study, we need to be asking the Holy Spirit to show us and maybe even seek the help of someone in our church, family. There is obviously no shame or judgment in this. Learning how to study God's word is life-giving and is is required of us to be doing. If we are the one asking for help, or if we find ourselves being the one teaching, either way, it is a good work. Acts 4.13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Maybe knowing how to study isn't the problem. Maybe the problem lies in not being disciplined enough to make it a priority. What then? Simply begin to work on that. Ask someone within our body to hold you accountable. Find someone you can pray with and mutually encourage each other along this journey. Maybe knowing how to study and being disciplined and motivated to study isn't the problem. Are we then open to teaching a fellow believer? Are we looking for opportunities to serve our church family? I'm not talking about serving in the things around this building. I'm talking about serving in things in a spiritual nature. One that would be causing the growth of an individual in our body and in return would be causing the growth of our entire body. Ephesians 4:11 and he himself gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ 
till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joint and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causing the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And then James one twenty one. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not merely hearers only, deceiving yourselves, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Our correct understanding of the scriptures is for our growth to maturity. We are to lay aside the old man, the filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and with our new man, our second birth, receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save our souls. It is for us to receive the child training of the Lord, and for us to make sure we are correctly hearing the word. The being a doer of the word not just to hear only, obviously is applying that which we have rightly divided from the word into our own lives. Many things that we study and obey are in the stillness of our own mind and spirit. We personally submit to the word in our thoughts throughout the day, in the circumstances of our lives that no one may ever see. This work on our inner man, though, will have a decent effect on our outward relationships and interactions. Every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. As we end this section on the importance of rightly dividing the word of truth, we can see how this is completely in line with the will of the Father. Firstly, We must be able to do this on a personal level. Rightly dividing the word of truth is for the purpose of accurately understanding what is required of us. And as we accurately understand his word, we will then need to continue the progress from hearing to actually doing that which we have heard. Let's remember Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Secondly, the outcome of rightly dividing the word of truth is for the purpose of teaching the truth directly and correctly to others, so that those who hear the word are equipped and trained for the work that is set before them. 
This is so that we can live out our created purpose found in Genesis 1.28. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the ground. God's will for our lives completely focused on man's fulfilling his created purpose of having dominion. Rightly dividing the word of truth is the only way that this can be accomplished. The teaching of the word, when received by the hearers with meekness, will cause them to be fruitful in every good work, and they will multiply only if the hearers become doers. It is all connected so tightly. Let us encourage each other this morning, wherever we find ourselves, make the changes we need to make so that we can be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. May our desire be like King David when he wrote in Psalms 143.10, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the life and the um, truth that is there. Lord, may we study it. May it shine a light on our path and give us the direction that we need to be going May our desire be found worthy, to be worthy at your threshing floor, influence our decisions each day. May we keep our eyes continually set on your field. May we labor daily in your word, rightly dividing it and accurately applying it to our lives. Give us the strength and the faith to know that you would not require something from us that we are not able to do. We humbly submit ourselves to your child training as the Holy Spirit faithfully leads us. Help us to be steadfast and movable, always abounding in your work, knowing that our labor is not in vain. Amen.